for we have so much to be thankful for. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand today. And as your word goes forth, we pray that we will decrease and you, Father, will increase in our minds and our hearts and our spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give an honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who I give praise to each and every day for his goodness and his mercies. I thank God for our pastor for giving me an opportunity today to speak before you and to Dr. Stevens, to Sister Pick, and to the pastoria staff, and to the deacons, and to the Good Hope family, and to Keeping It Real Outreach Ministry, the Argos who work so diligently with us, and my supportive son, Jay. Thank you. And to Crystal, I want to say thank you. And to my lovely wife, to my lovely wife, I want to say thank you. Our background scripture today is Jeremiah 29, 11. Reads, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Today I want to talk to you about God's plan for your life. Many times we often think that God has no plans for us. Or maybe he has forgotten all about us. Or maybe he doesn't care anymore. Have you felt that way before? And what draws us to this conclusion is we get caught up into looking at our present situation or circumstances. We look at that sometimes. We think that that's the way that God wants us to go. Especially when we've lost a loved one. You know that person that you really were close to. Or maybe you have received some bad news concerning your health. Or maybe you have been in financial hardship for quite some time and have been struggling to make ends meet. Have you been there before? Or maybe in school to our young people, your friends have turned their backs on you and walked away. Or maybe you lost your job and you could and you could have been so low. And when people pass by you and, and they say good morning, you respond, what's good about it? Because you're so low. Well, I tell you what you can say. You can tell them, God woke me up this morning. God gave me life, health, and strength. I can't say that. Sometimes the hardship of life would drive us to the point of indulging in alcohol and drugs and doing things that are not pleasing in the eyesight of God. Or just maybe, just maybe you have contemplated on taking your own life. But I stopped by to tell you, don't do it. God has a plan for your life. You see, God doesn't cause the bad things that happen to us, but he can and does use bad situations for our good. Did you know God is at his best when the odds are against us? God is at his best when it seems like there is no hope. God is at his best when our friends have ridden us off. Only 
God can turn a bad medical report into a clean bill of health. Only God can. Crying may endure for a night, but only God can bring you joy in the morning. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, the promise of this verse is that God orders everything for believers so that all of life experience, all of the good and all of the bad, all of the good times and bad times, all of our struggles and disappointments, all work together for our ultimate good because God has a plan for our life. There is no bad day for God. There is no bad month for God. There is no bad year. Your worst situation, your bad situation, God can turn it around. And let me speak to our young people and young adults. We often hear the term dysfunctional, which means not functioning normally characterized by a breakdown or beneficial relationship between members of the group. We have gone on to the point, and I'm saying to myself as well, saying that that is the reason why the kids act like that because there's no father or mother in the home. Have you said that before? But, you know, young people, that's not an excuse for you not to get your homework done. I got to tell you that. That's not an excuse for you not to do your chores around the house. That's not an excuse for you to go to school and think you are all of that and a bag of chips. Because you don't have mother and father in the home. God wants you to be obedient to the ones that have the rule over you. If it's your mother, be obedient. If it's your grandmother, be obedient. If it's your uncle, be obedient. God did not mention anything about a dysfunctional family. Truth be told, we all have some mess going on in our families. I got some, you got some. If you don't think so, wait until your next family reunion. Yeah, you'll see him. You'll see that uncle out there. You'll see that cousin out there. Yeah, it'll, it'll come to you. Yeah. Many people look at success as the mother, father, son, daughter, and a dog as the ideal family. That's what we look at. That's the ideal family. Not so with God. When God gets ready to bless, he doesn't care what color you are, who you're living with. If your mama is white and your dad is black, and if you're in the house with grandma with five other siblings, please know God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. My mind goes back a little better than eight years ago when this country elected our first black president, former President Barack Obama of the United States. He had all the strikes against him. Biracial child, daddy not in the home, living with grandparents, but he did not let the barriers become his burden. He didn't let what people say about him stop him, calling him the community organizer. No political experience. The Bible tells us, it tells us in Romans 8.37, 
Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. In other words, we conquer not by our abilities, but because God loves us. The Bible tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We ought to be careful how we talk to our kids. We can, ride, we can uh, raise our kids or we can tear them down. In other words, speak life into your children, not death. Speak life into them. So we have to be careful what our ears, heart, and mind take in. Young parents need to stop telling your kids you're going to be just like your no-good drug-addict father, prostitute mother. But tell your son, no, you, you're not going to sell drugs. You're not going to be walking around and breaking into anybody's homes. You're not going to prison. Fathers, fathers, you need to be in that boy's life whether or not you are married to his mother. You need to be in his life. You need to be right there. And if I can share a story about a young man and his father that I entitle his story, No Dad, Not Tonight. A few years ago, I was working in summer camp, and I had a young man that was working along with me. And he was a senior in high school, and he just graduated, signed a scholarship, and on, on his way to college. This young man was a good-looking kid. He stood about 6'2", 325 pounds. And we was talking, we got to know each other pretty good, and I said, well, tell me a little bit about your, your uh, senior year, some things that went on and so forth. And he began to tell me the highlights of his career, and he mentioned about parent night. And you know, parent night uh, is the night where all the parents come out as right. the la long, uh, last home game of the season. Yeah. So if you're playing basketball or football or baseball, all the parents are invited out, no cost. And I can remember back in the day, back in 1976, my parents was at the game. And I can remember seeing mom and dad standing across the field and how excited I was. And, yeah, yeah. and I ran over there and I greeted them and uh, we walked across that field. That's big. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. And that's a special night for a student, for any kid, because you want to do your very best. Yeah. You want to have a good game. Right. And that father wants to be recognized. He wants his name to be called out. Then you know that's his son. Right, right, right. Well, in this particular case, a young man shared with me, he said, me and mom are standing there get ready to walk across the field and I look and I saw my dad coming so I left mom and I ran over toward my father and I stopped him and I said not tonight I said you told your dad not tonight yes sir I told him not tonight tonight belongs to mama mama was there when I needed food mama put clothes on my back mama put shoes on my feet mama took me to little league practice Mama made sure my hair was cut. Yeah, yeah. Mama didn't lie to me. So he said to his dad, now, you can just go on over there and have a seat. You will not be recognized tonight. They will not call your name tonight, but you can have a seat over there. Tonight belongs to Mama. And I said, what did your dad say about that? He said he walked away with his head down. And I picked the story up in my mind, and I could just only imagine what a father was going through. He thought about the lies that he told his son. He talked about uh, all the empty promises. He talked about, I thought about all the times that he was not in the boy's life. He was in and out of jail doing his thing. He was selfish. Forgot about his son. Forgot about his wife and all. He was so worried about himself. Now all this is coming on him. And the boy said, not tonight. And I want to say to all of our young mothers out there, 
Don't walk around. Don't chase after anybody, after any man. Don't call him. Don't text him. He got a job to do. Don't worry about it. If you don't want to pay you any money, don't worry about it. You go on and you serve God. That's what you do. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God got a plan for your life. Yes, he does. Don't you worry about that. Don't text him. Don't email him. Don't call him. Don't remind him. God has a plan for your life. He wants you to serve him. He'll take care of the rest of it. He wants you to serve him. Be obedient to him. Tell your son that God loves him. And he has a plan for his life. Tell your daughter, no, you're not going to stand on the corner and sell your body. Or your body become a baby making machine. Tell her that God loves her and has a plan for her life. That's what we got to tell her. Jeremiah 29, 11 reads, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Satan wants to turn everything around and make it seem like God don't like us anymore. God don't love us anymore. But God's just the opposite. No, no, I love you. I got thoughts of peace. I want to give you a future and a hope. As I work around young people and I hear their goals, the excitement and the joy in their hearts as they talk about what they want to be when they grow up. And it's, it's sad to say so many of our young people have been robbed by Satan where he has destroyed their dreams, their hopes, and future. Where some become high school dropouts, criminal records, game of, gang affiliation, drug dealers, or to the point where they have distanced themselves from their own family. But I'm here to tell you, God has a plan for your life. Yes, yes. No matter what you have been through, young people, or where you are right now, no matter what your friends are posting or texting about you, understand this. God said, for I know the thoughts. Keep that in your mind. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. You can turn this thing around. In other words, God knows us personally. He has a plan for us, and he will allow us to find hope in him. I want you to know not everyone is rooting for you when you share with them God's plans for your life. We got some haters out there. Some will question you. Some will say, you sure God called you? Or they will say, I didn't see that coming. Or they would try to evaluate you by looking over your lifestyle. As though they got a hell or heaven to put you in. You got to be careful. You can't tell everybody. Because there are some people out there that don't want to see you make it. Yeah, they're smiling in your face, but they'll stab you in your back. You got to watch them. When God called me into the ministry, I shared with our pastor. He said, that's wonderful, Deacon Action." Not only did he uh, say that was wonderful, but he began to talk to me. He provided me with resources, gave me some information, gave me some numbers to call, some classes to take. And then he said, let's pray. Now, that, that just reminds me, if somebody comes to you and they share with you what God has, is doing in their life, we ought to get in line with them. Say, man, that's a good thing. You go on, man. I'm going to pray for you. Don't tear them down. Build them up. 
before my mother passed away, she told me, that's a good thing. She said, that's a good thing. With a smile on her face. And then she cautioned me. She said, now, be faithful in your calling. Be faithful in your calling. We talk about you know, our families. We have family members that will hate on, on you as well. They'll talk about you. They'll say things about you. And I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. Joseph's life was up and down. His brothers hated him because of a dream that he shared with them about what God had gave him. But they hated They wanted to kill him. We have some people like that in our own family. Can't stand you. You get something new, they talk about you. You buy something used, they talk about you. You get a job making just barely making minimum wage, they talk about you. You're not working, they talk about you. Try to do a little something, they talk about you. Go get an apartment, they talk about you. Right in their own family. But on that day that Joseph was sent off to find his brothers, he had no idea that he would never return home but end up as a slave in Egypt. Have you been that way before? Started out, left your house, and before the day was over, all hell had them broke loose. As soon as things start looking good, something else happened. That's what happened to Joseph. His life was up and down, up and down. While working in part of his house and mind his own business, how could he tell that he would be in prison by sunset? And during the years that Joseph spent in that gloom and prison, would he have imagined that within a single day he'll be in charge of Egypt entirely? So it reminds me what they did to Joseph. They threw him underneath the bus. And people like that today, they'll throw you underneath the bus. But while we are underneath the bus, God still expects us to be faithful, be obedient. Don't retaliate, although we might want to do that. But he was obedient. He was faithful. And they threw him underneath the bus. But now let me tell you what's happening. He's driving that bus now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's driving that bus now. That's what's, that's what's going to happen to us, right? Yeah, you can throw me underneath the bus. But after a while, I'll be driving that bad boy. All right? I'll be driving it. And that's what happened to Joseph. And the same thing can happen to you today. The changes in your life and my life may not be as dramatic as those in Joseph's life. But they are just as important to God. God carefully works through everything that happens to you, using every light and dark color that makes up your day until the picture of your life is complete. In other words, you hold on to your integrity. Things get rough. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't stop going to church. Don't stop praying. Don't say they're dying there doing this. I'm not getting nothing out of the service. Put something in the service. Stop being on time. Start working on some committees. Start doing those things. Keep on praying. Keep on reading your Bible. God doesn't cause the bad things that happen to us, but he can and does use bad situations for our good. Here are three biblical facts on God's plan for your life. Number one, trust in God's judgment. Not, not mine, not the pastor. But trust in God's judgment. That's number one. This needs to be the first step, stepping stone 
in a believer's journey. God had a plan for you before you were born. Galatians 1.15. It was already laid out. As believers, we can follow God's plan for us by believing that he has everything in control and his sovereignty will guide us exactly where he wants us to go. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trust in God's judgment. Don't worry about your own understanding. Don't tune in to somebody else. Ask God what he wants from you. In other words, God wants to put our trust in him completely and invite his presence into our daily activities and decisions. Don't leave him out. In everything that we do, invite God into our daily routine. Number two, be in prayer. Be in prayer. Prayer is the way to stay connected with God through open communication. A lot of times when things hit us, we stop praying. Because we're too busy looking at the circumstances. If you don't know what God's plan is for you, ask him in prayer. Ask him in prayer. He'll tell you, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for you. Ask God to help you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll talk to you. He'll tell you what you're doing right. He'll tell you what you're doing wrong. He'll have you where you can't hardly sleep at night because he's talking to you. You get up early in the morning, he's talking to you. He's trying to get your attention. He's talking to you. We got to listen at him. Be in prayer. When you pray that God's will be done in your life, God will always show you the next step in his plan. He'll show you. Don't go to YouTube. Don't go to that social media. But go to God in prayer. Do not become dismayed. That happens to us a lot of times. We start to worry. We start to get disheartened or disappointed or upset because we haven't seen or heard any results. God still yearns for a relationship with us. As we honor him in prayer, he will guide us according to his will. And number three, answer when God calls. Yes, yes, answer when God calls. If God has placed a burden on your heart to work with the youth youth ministry, answer the call. If God has placed a burden on your heart to be a part of the mission ministry, answer the call. If God has placed a burden on your heart to work in the church, answer the call. Prison ministry, answer the call. I've been called into the ministry, answer the call. There are so many places that each of us can serve. When God calls, he is serious. The harvest is plenty, but the labor is few. Please answer when God calls. Whenever you ignore his call, you are ignoring him. Whenever you listen and respond to his call, you are serving him too. I answer the call for keeping it real. Yes, I I answer the call. It was on my heart. God laid it on my heart. Kept working with me. Kept telling me over and over and over again, this is what he wanted me to do. God told me it was time for me to start keeping it real ministry and to be about his business. He said in Matthew 28 and 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. God said, don't worry about the food, Moselle. You just go. Don't worry about transportation. You just go. 
Don't worry about the numbers or what people may say. You just go. I will never leave you nor forsaken you. You just go. And I'm glad because God has a plan. God gave us his plan. God gave us his plan. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God gave us his plan. Because of God's plan, I can face tomorrow. Because God's plan, I can live right. Because of God's plan, I can love right. Because of God's plan, I can cast all of my cares upon him, for he cares for me. Because of God's plan, I can do all things to strengthen me. Because of God's plan, oh, I got to tell him thank you. Got to tell him thank you. Because he's been good to me. Oh, I got to tell him thank you because he woke me up this morning. Oh, I got to tell him thank you because he is my shepherd and I shall not want. Oh, I got to tell him thank you because he brought me through seen and unseen danger. Oh, I got to tell him thank you because he took care of my family. Oh, I got to tell him thank you because he put food on my table. Oh, I got to tell him thank you because he put me in a good church. Oh, I got to tell him thank you. God, I love him. I got to tell him thank you. He woke me up this morning. Oh, I got to tell him thank you. Because he gave me strength each and every day. Oh, I got to tell him thank you. Because each day he gave me a new set of grace and a new set of mercies. Oh, I got to tell him thank you. Because he forgave me of all my wrongdoing. Oh, I got to tell him thank you. Can you tell him thank you this morning? God is good. 